This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 7 to 9 a.m. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za. Christelijke perspectief op die nieuws. Christian perspective on the news this morning with Dr. Peter Hammond, the founder of Frontline Fellowship, the Reformation Society, Africa Christian Action, and the William Carey Bible Institute. What a pleasure. Good morning, Dr. Hammond. Thank you very much. Uh, good morning. And we've got so many disturbing reports about crime, violence, gangsterism, drug dealing, uh, that's fueling a lot of the gangsterism and the violence on the streets. And uh, the police promising almost 200 more uh, police uh, to tackle problem areas in the Western Cape. Well, we're thinking they could mobilize more than that to stop people walking on beaches in Meisenberg and wearing masks and uh, it would be good if governments gave a higher priority to dealing with crime and violence, because actually, that's their primary job. The Bible is very clear that God has instituted civil government as an agent of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. That's Romans 13, verse 4. The civil government is called to be God's minister, and the word used is deacon. God's deacon or minister of justice to punish those who do wrong, 1 Peter 2, verse 14. And this is speaking about what? who do wrong in the eyes of God's law, the moral law, specifically as summed up in the Ten Commandments, like mm. do not commit murder, do not steal, uh, do not uh, lie, do not bear false witness against your neighbor, perjury, and so on. Uh, these are the roots of, of uh, real law, not enforcing some kind of meaningless, uh, inconsistent, and extremely arbitrary regulations mm. uh, reputedly to combat a virus, but which has absolutely nothing to do with it when you think that you can have full capacity on aircraft and in a taxi, and uh, you can have people going to casinos, but somehow church services, even if the church building can accommodate 5,000, your limit's 250. And, you know, there is a, a disconnect between the moral law and uh, the regulations which is often being enforced by governments who seem to have forgotten their primary duty. Mm. Psalm 101 reminds us that the duty of God-honoring rulers is to root out and destroy the wicked, to root out evil, to protect the law body to the glory of God. 1 Peter 2 says, Every institution amongst men who is sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. And Romans 13, For rulers hold no terror to those who do right, mm. but for those who do evil. For he is God's servant to do you good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword for nothing. He is God's servant, an agent of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. And this is the primary duty of government. What causes crime? Well, Ecclesiastes 8 11 says, Why do people commit crime so readily? Because crime is not punished quickly enough. Now, surely that's the common sense answer. It's obvious. Crime is increasing in our society, because the courts seem to be more obsessed with legal technicalities or the rights of the criminal, and not so much concerned with the rights of the victim. Murderers have been released, uh, while policemen have been prosecuted, and rapists have been set free on amnesties and presidential pardons, while victims have been imprisoned for things like defending themselves, uh, walking on the beach at a certain level, lockdown, or uh, exercising with their dog. And Right has become wrong, and wrong has become right. Isaiah 5 says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who quit the guilty for a bribe, but deny justice to the innocent. For those who hold the word of God to be authoritative,
capital punishment is not a matter of choice or opinion poll or court of parliamentary decree. It's God's clear command. After the flood, God declared in Genesis 9 verse 6, Whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed. From the image of God has God made man. And God instituted capital punishment long before the enactment of the Mosaic Law. In fact, capital punishment was declared not only for Noah's time, but for all generations to come. Genesis 9.12 Anyone who strikes a man and kills him shall surely be put to death. If a man schemes and kills another man deliberately, take him away even from my altar and put him to death. Anyone who kidnaps must be put to death. Exodus 21 We read in Leviticus 24 that if anyone takes the life of a human being, he must be put to death. Whoever kills a man must be put to death. I am the Lord. Numbers 35 verse 33 says, Bloodshed pollutes the land, and atonement cannot be made for the land on which blood has been shed, except by the blood of the one who shed it. Mm. So God's law remains in force. Our Lord Jesus Christ said, I did not come to abolish the law or the prophets. I've not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. I tell you the truth until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law. The government does not bear God's sword for nothing. He is God's servant, an agent of wrath, being punished on the wrongdoer, as Romans tells us. Governors are sent down to punish those who are wrong, as 1 Peter 2 says. Anyone who kills with a sword must himself be killed with a sword, Revelation 13.10. By obeying God's law and punishing murderers with a death penalty, a nation can cleanse itself from the guilt of innocent blood. Mm. But on the other hand, a nation that refuses to avenge the taking of innocent human life must share the guilt of the murderer, we read in Deuteronomy 21. So it is inconceivable that we have the right to life in our Bill of Rights, and yet this right to life is so interpreted or distorted so that it does not uh, give the right to life to pre-born babies, 1.7 million of which have been killed legally, officially in this country by abortion, but it does give the right to life to murderers. So while a judge in the calm environment of a courtroom, after hearing all sides of the case and after uh, pondering the evidence, cannot impose the death penalty in South Africa on mm. a murderer or even a serial uh, killer. But uh, some teenager of whatever age can choose to impose unilaterally the death penalty on a baby through abortion. Oh. So this kind of inconsistency and moral ambiguity and selective application of the right to life in our Bill of Rights has led to a bizarre situation. The taking of a murderer's life is akin to the amputation of a diseased limb in order to save the rest of the body. All murder is serious and demands capital punishment. When I was speaking to a minister of justice some time ago, I was told, well, we may consider bringing back the death penalty for serious murders. And I said, well, what murders are you considering serious? And, and the minister of justice said, well, for example, when uh, ministers in the government or police are targeted. And I said, are you suggesting that not all murder is serious? Don't you think it's just as serious for other people who've been murdered in our country at different times? You know, why is it that a government official's right to life is more important than anyone else's mm-hmm. right to life? And to have a situation where you literally speak about serious murders, which suggests others are not serious, is bizarre. Yeah. In the Bible, cases of malicious damage to property, arson, theft, 
the Bible decrees restitution, the restoration of the thing to its proper place, and its reparation for injury and damage to property. And the Bible requires that restitution goes entirely to the victim of the crime. And restitution is also required for culpable negligence. So in the Bible, God's law is clear. Criminals are held accountable and are responsible to pay for their crime, not just to go to jail, which is not a biblical concept. While you read of jails in the Bible, it's in Egypt and pagan countries, but it's, it's not part of God's law. God's law is restitution for property crimes and execution for capital crimes such as murder and rape. And in the scripture, it's clear he should make restitution. And if the theft is found alive in his hand, whether it's an ox or donkey or sheep, he shall restore double. And if a man cause a field or vineyard to be grazed and let's loose his animal in another man's field, he shall make restitution mm. from the best of his own field and the best of his own vineyard. If fire breaks out and catches and thorns so that stack grain, standing grain, or the field is consumed, he kindles the fire, shall surely make restitution. And so if we return to biblical principles, there would be a whole lot fewer criminals and less victims and much less burden on the taxpayer. Because under our present system, it seems that our prisons have become high institutes of learning for criminals, where they cross-train one another and work out how not to get caught next time. And instead of victims or their relatives receiving restitution, under the prison system, the victims are forced to pay taxes, which provide food, accommodation, and entertainment for criminals while they languish in prison. And the solution to this intolerable situation is a return to the biblical pattern of restitution. And so there are biblical principles for all areas of life, whether you're talking about economics, crime, violence, and it's so important that we administer justice every morning. Rescue from the hand of the oppressor, the one who's been robbed, or my wrath will break out and burn like fire, because the evil you've done, burn with no one to quench it. And that's from Jeremiah 21.12. So it's time for civil authorities to take consistent, strong, and resolute action to protect law-abiding citizens and to punish law-breaking criminals. We love it. Always back to Scripture with Dr. Peter Hammond, the way it should be, the founder of Frontline Fellowship, the Reformation Society, Africa Christian Action, and the William Carey Bible Institute. Dr. Hammond, thanks so much, and here's to a beautiful Friday and a great weekend. Thank you so much. God bless, Brad. Bye-bye. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 729 AM. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za.